Holy Gospel is recorded in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. This will serve as the basis for our meditation this morning. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its flavor, how will it become salty again? Then it is no good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on by people. You are the light of the world. A city located on a hill cannot be hidden. People do not light a lamp and put it under a basket. No, they put it on a stand and it gives light to all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine in people's presence so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy them, but to fulfill them. Amen, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not even the smallest letter or even part of a letter will in any way pass away from the law until everything is fulfilled. So whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Indeed, I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and experts in the law, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Who are you? Now, if I were to ask you that, you'd probably give me your name, but I'm pretty confident you're more than just a name. No, now, uh, according to your birth certificate, or your driver's license, or marriage license, or a passport, or some other public document, you are a person that the state recognizes as having a birthday, as having hair color, if the Lord has blessed you with hair, having eye color, having, uh, having skin color, height, weight, and a bunch of other facts. But friends, who you are is more than just a few demographic facts on the tax rolls. Fact is, you came from somewhere. You are someone's son or daughter. And perhaps you even have some other roles as well, maybe as a husband or a wife, a father or mother, grandfather, grandmother, uncle, aunt, nephew, son, daughter, brother, sister, friend. We could take all of that, but is that really who you are? I mean, you, you've been places, you have an education of some kind, whether great or little, whether it's the experience learned from life or experience learned in school, uh, education received in school. You have a, a certain personality, you have certain gifts and talents and abilities. All of that makes you unique, all of that makes you, could be, descri- could be used to describe who you are, all that shapes you, it molds you, but is it really who you are? All of that put together isn't you, is it? So who are you? Perhaps you've bought into society's advice that you shouldn't let anyone stop you from being who you think you are. While it's not bad to dream, while it's not bad to strive to achieve, while it's not bad to set goals and to aim high, sometimes you and I try to be something or someone that we are not. You try to live up to the impossible expectations of your peers or your friends or your family or your coworkers or whatever group. Expectations that are way above what you could ever possibly reach. You try at all costs to give the impression that you're something different when you're out in public when you're actually not that, when you're in the privacy of your own home. You indulge in sin because you want to. And hey, you're free to do what you want, right? 
Yet isn't that what your sinful nature wants you to be? To, to live your life in such a way that, that you, you, lose, you lose all of your, uh, uh, it completely throws off all of your priorities, that focuses on yourself and, and blindly chases after whatever temptation happens to be in front of your eyes at a given moment. That's what your sinful nature wants you to think you are, but that's not really who you are, is it? Someone has changed who you are. That someone knew how bad things really were for you. That someone knew how you've tried to be something you're not or how you've just sometimes just given up trying to fight against temptation. That someone knew you from the moment of your conception and knew what you were like by nature, knew that you and I are dirty, rotten, worthless sinners. Yet he made you. That someone made you to be who you are right now. That someone put himself where you are. That someone lived the life you could not. That someone sacrificed himself for all those times when you fall into the trap of selfish striving. When you forgot who you were made to be. When you ended up being something far worse, far uglier, far more hostile to God. That someone who is raised to life created faith in your heart through His Word and through the saving waters of holy baptism, that someone changed who you are right now, salt and light. That's what you are. Now, if you've allowed your mind to wander away from the sermon for a moment, I don't see anyone who's dozing off, so if you let your mind wander for a moment, perhaps when you heard those words in your mind, you kind of go, wait a second, what, salt? How am I salt? How am I light? Like the flashlight I showed to the kids. That doesn't make any sense. But in Jesus, that is what he made you to be. And Jesus says it right here in his word. He says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. So what does Jesus mean here for you and me? Well, this morning we get a chance to sit at the feet of Jesus again and take a closer look at what he has to say, what he means when he says, be what God made you to be. You are the salt of the earth. Now, why would Jesus call us salt? I mean, isn't salt supposed to be bad for you? I suppose if you have, if you have too much salt in your diet, yes, it could be bad for you. But the fact is, is salt has, is very useful. It has all kinds of purposes, all kinds of uses. It's very important in many different kinds of ways. Back in the ancient world in Jesus' time, salt was absolutely necessary, absolutely necessary for life. If a community did not have access to salt, that community would not survive. I mean, it was considered a basic necessity of life. It was vitally important for food preparation and preservation. It was used for seasoning. It was used for med- medical purposes. It was used for cleansing and purifying. It was used with sacrifices. It was used to tan hides. They even used salt to clean off newborn babies after they were born. Salt was something that was actually easily obtainable, but it was absolutely necessary for survival, for daily life in the ancient world. Now, we don't necessarily uh, look at it that way, but still salt is widely used today, right? We find it on our tables. We find it in our food. If we lived up north, we would hope to see it all over our wintry, icy roads. We 
You find it in your contact solution for your eyes, and it's used in so many other ways. So Jesus describes you as the salt of the earth. What does he mean? Jesus wants you to realize how important, how essential, how beneficial you are. How essential, how beneficial, how important he thinks you are. Not because you're great. Not because I'm great either. After all, by nature, you and I are pretty worthless in God's sight. But Jesus has made you what you are. He uses you to share God's holy law. He uses you to use that holy law, to share that law, to expose the painful impurities of guilt in your life and in the lives of others. Yet he also uses you to share the good news of what he's done. The gospel. The good news of his life and his death. He wants you to share that with other people. To cleanse them of those impurities so they too can enjoy his clear and clean forgiveness. Through that gospel, Jesus gives life to others. Through that gospel, he preserves people for eternal life that will last long after their bodies return to dust. He uses you to season this world by injecting purpose and meaning into an otherwise meaningless existence. Even if your job is boring and monotonous, Jesus uses you to season your work with faithful service to your employer and with love shown to others by providing them what they need. Jesus enables you to season your conversations with kind, meaningful, clean words that may even give you the opportunity to share that good news with others. Now Jesus does have a warning for his salty followers, but if salt has lost its flavor, how will it become salty again? then it is no good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on by people. Now, Jesus isn't trying to make some scientific statement here about salt losing its saltiness. So what's his point? He wants you to realize this. If salt could lose its saltiness, that salt would be pretty worthless, wouldn't it? Just be something you just toss outside on the ground, no different than gravel. So how does it apply to us? If God has made you and me to be the salt of the earth, and he's given us a worth that cannot be overestimated, so then how will you be what God made you to be? Will you spurn that worth? Will you, going, will you go back to, to, to being worthless again? Will you take that worth for granted? Will you become once again worthy of rejection and being trampled by his holy condemnation? If not, then by faith in Christ, let's be what God has made us to be. Let's treasure the gift our gracious God has given us that makes us the salt of the earth. What is it that makes us that? It's the Word of God. So what are we going to do with that Word of God? We read it. We study it. We spend time talking about it with folks. We spend time in that word growing in our saltiness and learning how to salt the earth in every aspect of our lives. And then with God's help, we can be who we are. We can be what God has made us to be in Christ. The salt of the earth and the light of the world. You see, you're not just salt, but you're also light. Jesus says you are the light of the world. But as I mentioned to the kids, didn't Jesus say, I am the light of the world? So how does that work? 
Which is it? Are we the light of the world or is Jesus the light of the world? Well, the answer to that question is yes. Think of it this way. Jesus is like the sun, shining out its bright light into the world while we're like the moon, reflecting that bright light every day of our lives and all that we do. Jesus is, is like a burning fire while you are, and I are like the metal that, that you see that when it gets so white hot, it shows that heat of that fire, that light, and it gives off that light of the fire to all, all things around it. Jesus produces the light of life which then shines through us out to the world. So if you are the light of the world, what does that mean? What does Jesus mean for you? Well, he goes on. A city located on a hill cannot be hidden. People do not light a lamp and put it under a basket. No, they put it on a stand and it gives off light to all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine in people's presence that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. Jesus wants you to be his light. He wants you to live in such a way that you reflect what God has made you to be in Christ. You let the light of your saving faith in Christ shine out brightly through a life of faithful service to your Lord in every aspect of your life. Every calling, whether that's at home, whether that's at work, whether that's here at church, whether that's out in the community or the neighborhood or wherever you go. Now Jesus doesn't want to take that saving faith and cover it up. He doesn't want you to just hide in the shadows where no one will see what you really are. He wants you to be like a city on a hill, shining its bright light for the whole region to see. He wants you to live your life in a very public, very evident way. Now, what Jesus is not asking you to do is to be one of these, like, shove it in your face, shove it down your throat, kind of, here's my Christianity and take it uh, type of Christian. But he wants one who will let your light shine in people's presence so they may see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. That's why Jesus wants you to be what God made you to be. He wants you to be light for those lost in the darkness of sin's guilt and unbelief. Those who are still lost in the shadow of death. But you and I know all too well that there are times when we have hidden that light. We've stayed in the shadows. Times when we've covered up our Christian faith in the face of peer pressure, or when we've drawn attention to ourselves for our own light when all we were really doing was promoting sin's darkness. Perhaps there's even been a time in your life, a point in your life, where you were pretty much at the end of just waiting for that light to be snuffed out. And sometimes you and I only reflect the Savior's light weekly, but then you read the verse right after what we just have here, what he just said, and we read that and it becomes a lot easier to let your light shine before other people. The light of the world, he says to us, reflecting that light, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy them, but to fulfill them. How is it possible for you and me to be what God has made us to be? How is it possible that you can be both salt of the earth and light in the, of the world that answer can only be found in Jesus. Jesus did everything God's holy law demanded, and he did it perfectly. He did it willingly. Every last detail down to the last little cross of one of the letters. Jesus did it all, and he did it willingly. 
He accomplished everything that the Old Testament prophets promised that he would do down to the minutest detail. And Jesus did all that perfectly. He did it all willingly, and he did it for you. But he didn't just keep the law and fulfill the promises of the prophets, but Jesus also died for you. He gave his life for you. And for every time you've made yourself worthless in God's sight, for every time you have hidden that light that he is, hit, that he is shining through you, every time you've hidden in the shadows and gone after the darkness of sin, he died for you. He gave his life for you, taking care of every sin. And yet, in spite of who we are, amazingly, Jesus still makes you salt and light. He makes you absolutely essential to the lives of the people around you. He makes you a city shining brightly on a hill for all to see. And he tells you not that you should be whom God made you to be, but that you already are in him. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world because Christ has made you that. In his love, in his grace, in his mercy, he has made you that. So go out and be salty salt. Go out and be shining bright, shining light. Be what God made you to be, friends. Made in Christ. Amen.